0: Today's Shir will begin at the very bottom of daf, Samach Vov Omid Beis. We are, as you can see, beginning the 10th perak of Nidorum, Perak Naar Hamurasa. Before we begin this perak, we highly recommend going over the psukim in the Torah that are relevant for this peric. Uh, the psukim you will find in Bambibor, Perik Lamed. We're going to briefly or um, superficially go through the psukim found there in Perik Lamed in order to get a flavor of the issues dealt with in this Perik. There are numerous Drushes that focus on the psukim. So, having an overview beforehand is very worthwhile. So, uh, turn to uh, Bamibar Perak Lamed, and uh, we will start with Pasuk Dalid. The uh, couple of psukim before this deal with a man who vows, and the Torah exhorts him to keep his word this part, this parak deals with a girl a woman who vows uh, a woman who vows who is uh, 12 years of age between 12 and 12 and a half is called a Na'ara hence the name of this parak na'ra. Murasa means she is uh, getting married to a man but in order to appreciate the whole picture we uh, once again we continue with the psukim and we will continue reading with a very, very superficial translation in order to get a flavor of the things. The A woman, when she vows, the and she imposes a restriction while she's in her father's house. Binurel means she is of age. She is between 12 and 12 and a half. Uh, a girl, a, a minor uh, whatever she says, her vows are not binding. There is a discussion concerning a woman, a uh, girl between uh, age 11 and 12, which we'll leave aside for the time being. But when you want to speak about a, a certainty where a vow uh, could be binding, that is when you're dealing with a girl age 12 and the father hears the of of the vow and the father remains silent and with the father's silence so the vow that the girl had taken that the uh, had taken is binding Beyom Shamo, if the father Heini, means he disallows, he objects, he stops. Uh, when you look into the word Heini further, you look in Rashi on the Chumash, you'll see that the word Heini has to, he stops her with his annulment, with his hafora of the vow. But he has to do so Beyom Shamo on the day that he hears it. So, Kol Nidorev, Yosra, Loyokum. So her vows and the restrictions that she imposed will not be binding. the Almighty should forgive her for her father uh, disallowed her. V'im ho'yo and here is where our Perak uh, starts to, uh, deals primarily with this issue, with the na'ro, then ho'yo she uh, enters marriage, Uh, uh, she enters marriage and she has vows other kinds of vows and her her husband uh, hears of the vow and remains silent on the day that he hears of her vow and her vows will be binding if on the day that her husband hears of it, he he is Mafir, he disallows it, he he annuls the vow. Then vashem Then the vow, of course, will not be binding, uh, and Hashem should forgive her. The vows of a widow or of a divorcee. Whatever she vows will be binding. She's not under the control of her father. She's not married to a husband, so what she says goes. And if in her husband's house she vows and the husband hears of the vow and he doesn't stop it and all her vows will be binding. Now, you might have you might get a sense of maybe repetition. Uh, we mentioned in Pasuk Zion, uh, if she enters marriage, and here we have a woman who is married. So that's something to bear in mind. One should be aware, and we've spoken about this extensively in the uh, in, uh, the last couple of months of shiurim <clears throat> uh, does just remind you that when you deal with marriage in according to traditional torah law marriage is achieved in a in two stages there's kidushin or we call erusin and then nisuin erusin is the first stage where a man Uh, offers a woman something of value, we could say money, uh, in exchange for her accepting or uh, agreeing to marry him. At that point, she is considered a married woman. She's an arusa. And uh, then, uh, in the time of the Gemara, there was a later stage where they would enter a marriage canopy. We call that chuppah, which uh, results in uh, the second stage we call nisuin, uh, at which point the couple consummates their marriage with intimacy, and they live together husband and wife. So the, the double reference in the psukim to a woman who is married uh, will, you will, as you will see, refer to the uh, erusin stage, and the later Nisuan stage. So both stages have to be dealt with, and they're referred to in these different psukim. We continue uh, with the pasuk. We mentioned uh, pasuk Yud Beys that uh, if her husband hears of the vow and he doesn't stop her, so she will be bound to them. And pasuk Yud Gimel says. <inaudible> If the husband uh, objects and uh, annuls the vow on the day that he hears of it, not a day later or two days later, but on the very day that he hears of it, then everything that she had vowed will not uh, will not stand; is not binding. Her husband annulled it, and Hashem should forgive her. All vows and oaths. Um, that are uh, that uh, create uh, self-infliction or self-deprivation those kind of vows her husband can establish them or uh, substantiate them or her husband can annul them if the husband uh, uh, remains silent for 24 hours or from day to day more accurately in other words on the day that he hears it he remains silent then that will uh, establish, that will substantiate her vows. Hekim uh, oisam ki His silence, in effect, is a substantiation of uh, of her vows because he remains silent on the day, day that he heard it. If he annulled them after he hears it, uh, hears the vow, uh, that is a phrase that needs further analysis, so we're not going to translate that. These are the rules that Hashem commanded Moshe that concern a man and his wife, a father and his daughter, uh, as a nara as a girl between 12 and 12 and a half while she's in her father's house. We read the Pesukim very, very quickly. We didn't dwell on the precise meaning of words. We just tried to give uh, each one a feeling, a flavor of what to expect. Now, we turn to the Mishnah, the beginning of the 10th Perik. Again, we uh, draw your attention to the last line of Samach Vov Oled base Naro Hamurasa a Nara who entered the first stage of marriage, the erusin stage, and again she's between 12 and 12 and a half, Oviu Nidoreha. The father and the husband annul her vows. We're we're trying to stick to more or less a literal translation. There is more to uh, talk about and the Gemara will certainly deal with it the Ran adds some valuable information. Here we're talking about vows that she may have made even while she was a single girl. Before she entered Erosin. Here the Ran is uh, revealing conclusions that the Gemara will eventually get to, but before we get to these conclusions in the Gemara, we're going to have to go through several stages of questioning. That having been said, the uh, Mishnah reveals to us that the 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 Oros, they, we'll call him the husband at the first stage of marriage, uh, working in conjunction with the father, can uh, annul vows that she had taken before she entered this husband's domain, before he entered the picture. That's called a be koidman. or k- uh, kodem, the vows that were from before. This will stand in stark contrast to the range of the husband after the marriage is consummated. The nara Nokat, the word nara that opens this peric, lafuke bogeras, to the exclusion of a bogaris, that's a girl above twelve and a half years of age. A girl at that age, the father has no uh, reign over, no control over her. The father, if she's a single girl and living still in her father's home, he has no control over those vows. The Orus Nami, and Orus, without the uh, joint efforts of a father, of her father, Lomotzi uh, the, Mefer, the Orus cannot. Uh, annul her vows we alluded to this a little bit earlier in passing that uh, there is seriousness to vows taken by a girl between age 11 and 12 we'll leave that aside we don't have to focus on that right now rather as we indicated is a girl between 12 and 12 and a half and as the Mishnah says, she is also Mureses. So, by law Mefirin Neda, her father and her husband annul her vows. We continue at the top of Samach Zion Omen Aleph. At this point, the Mishnah says something that might seem obvious. Uh, the Gemara will deal with this, though. If the father annuls and the husband doesn't, as rashi says he remains silent for uh, for 24 hours hey for av or the uh, husband indicates his disapproval his annulment and not the father no mufer the vow is not annulled the, because we need both the husband and the father to annul the Na'a Rahmu Rosa's vow. and it goes without saying that one of them in a positive fashion established, reinforced her vow. The asks, Hainu Is the is it not so that the continuation of the Mishnah is in effect what the beginning of the Mishnah said? The Mishnah had said here, looking at the top line, it said here, fir fir The father annulled and the husband did not. So the vow is going to kick in. It will be effective. It will be a, a standing vow. Well, isn't that what the ratio said? Did The, the ratio the opening of the Mishnah said that a namrasa, she needs to have the father and the husband annulling her vows. Obviously, if they don't both annul it, so the vow will stand. Why, then, is it important for the Mishnah to go on to say the obvious, that well, if the father annuls without the husband, so the vow will stand. That was understood at the opening line of the Mishnah. The more answers, mal I would have thought... From the opening line alone that now which said Naro hamurasa Ubaila what does that mean O Ubayla? I might have thought it meant Oyovia Oybaila Katani. It's either or. It would have been enough for either the father or the husband to annul. Oh, and that's not true. Komash Malon, that's why the Mishnah goes on to clarify that the opening expression of Oviya Ubaila meant her father and her husband, and therefore if only one was made for if only one annulled and the other did not, the vow will stand. The mechod me'hem. The Mishnah went on to say, and it goes without saying that the vow will be will stand if one of them substantiates. Mikhaim is to second the motion, so to speak. He establishes, he he uh, concurs with the vow. Lama li Lamisna. Why is uh, that necessary to be taught? once you tell me that if only one of them, the father or the husband, only one of them was uh without the cooperation of the other, so the hafora is nothing, the annulment is nothing, is not effective. Why does the Mishnah have to tell us that if one of them substantiates the vow, that her vow will be standing. The idea of one of them substantiating the vow is, is, is certainly a, a, a case of one being mefer without the other one being mefer, and, and even more. So once you tell me that if one is mefer without the other, that the vow is standing, so this is obvious. Namely, it's obvious if one of them, father or husband, substantiates the vow that the vow will be standing. The Gomorrah answers Ki Le Kagon, the teaching of the Mishnah is necessary under the following circumstances. For example, the heifer Echod Mehem Fikiim Echod. Where one father or, or a husband, one of them annulled, the other one substantiated uh, the uh, the vow. The and then that one who, who concurred with the vow rescind re, uh, let's say uh, reverses or rescinds his confirmation. Through a Sheila, through approaching a Torah sage and expressing his regrets about his substantiating her vow, Mahu de without the Mishnah, I might have thought, my duuki ho'akre, that which he originally had substantiated, he has now reversed. And with that, all that would be necessary would be his annulling. And the original party that annulled doesn't have to do anything. Because the original annulment is there. It remains. In the interim, the other one had been Mikkayim, had concurred with the vow, but then he went and rescinded his concurrence. Chomash Molon, what the Mishnah reveals to us, is with its we'll say with the extra expression in the Mishnah the Mefirin Shnehem Babasahas that what's necessary now at this point in such a case is for the one who originally annulled must annul again together with this one, the one who originally had Ben Mekayim the vow. Of course, the one who had been Mekayim the vow, when he rescinds his Qiyum, he will be Mefer. But it's important for the original party who was Mefer to be Mefer again. We look together at the run commentary. al oh. The K'more says later on that if, if uh, upon, uh, if within the same day that the uh, uh, The father or the husband had had concurred with her vow, he reverses his thinking and wants to rescind his confirmation, he can do so. That's pointed out in the more by approaching a Torah sage, as is the uh, procedure with the absolution of vows in general. Maud one might have thought without our Mishnah. Maiduuki, ho akre. That which he had. Uh, originally uh, concurred with the vow, he now uprooted it. sagi And with the uh, formal annulment of the one who was mekayim, that's enough as far as the hafora of the original one that remains in, in its place. Chomash malon. What the Mishnah is telling us is the ad that the hafora will not be an effective hafora unless both husband and father jointly are mefer. There shall be no block between the hafora of one and the hafora of the other. What's, what, what do we mean by that? There should be no block between them? Dover Shuma Akiv something that would prevent. The effectiveness of an omen, kagoin, hakoma dahai. The example, obviously, is the concurrence of one of them following the hafora of the first party. The Kevandahi, Shaita, since at that moment, at that time that he that the that the one that concurred, that substantiated the vow, Lav Bar haforahu. Once you establish at that point you can no longer at, as I, I, I repeat here at the at that moment that you're Makayim, so you can't be Mefer. Afilu ha botlala. Since the Mekhayam's Haforah is non existent by virtue of the fact that he was Mekayim, so the original Haforah is also annulled. And therefore, both father and husband have to be Mefer. Umil b'chai Sagi tomar, Ein Hafora Achar Hafora vekevon de Hafora Kamo Iftila Su Lo Motzi Mefer the Lessa. And with everything we've said, then, is you should realize do not think that a Hafora. Uh, after haphorah, cannot be done since the original haphorah was botel. Don't think that. We have in fact a situation where the original haphorah was botel, but that doesn't mean the end of haphorah as a possibility, as we just described. So, all of that, it sounds like maybe maybe a, a lengthy explanation, but that is what the Mishnah was conveying to us when, uh when we were told the ain't soroch lomashikim echod mehem, we come back to the Gemara. Vinaro hamrassa aviel bila mepirin edorel minolon. From where do we know this? That a na the father and the husband working together are Mayfir her vows. Omar Rabba, well, we have a new marking, so we glance at the side where we have a no-say, heading. We emphasize that this marking scheme lasts, till daf samaches <laughs> om an which means that if you have samaches uh, om an readily available, you'll notice a second bowtie on the top of samaches. What are they? The uh, explanation on the side reads "Mahu hamoker loymar the What's the source for this point that a or her father and husband, uh, annul her vows? The Gemara. So Omar Rabo, Omar Kro The Posuk says, and here we're looking at Bamidbar Paraklamet Posuk Zayin. Vim ha'yoyi tia leish and if she uh, enters marriage um, and she has vows from here we see that her father and husband annul her vows now there are obvious questions how exactly do you see that so what we uh, do at this point is we uh, glance at Rashi Rashi that we're looking at is in the middle of the wide lines under the Gemara text. Homar Kra Veim Leel Kroksiv. Right before this Posuk it said, "Ki of Avia Oysa. So if you have the psukim in front of you, you can see that it described uh, her her father. Having uh, uh, stopped her vow, uksiv, and then it says with a vav, v'im hoyot yaleish, Vov Moshef al inyin rishon. The vav is a connecting letter. It's a continuation. In other words, it connects the two phrases so that while we had read it at the end of pasuk vav her father had stopped her vow, and she is married, so that vow says, So, just like a father uh, annuls the vows of his daughter when she is in his domain, so to the father annuls together with the husband <coughs> as long as she, she is in the erusin state, that first stage of marriage, Dadaien Hebrew, so she's still considered in the Father's domain. So, it's all in a letter. The Vov. We continue in the Gemara. You notice a new marking, a triangle appears. On the side, we have va That's the word that we've highlighted. Kushoi's al These represent questions or challenges to what Rabba said. Uh, we, uh, we continue. The Amar high krob in the Could it not be said that this posuk is talking about a nesua, a girl who consummated her marriage? Namely, the posuk says, vim hoyo And if she is married, so the husband annuls her vows. Nothing to do with the, the uh, involvement of a, um, of a father. So the Gemara answers. If you are to think that it's a that the pasuk is speaking about a nesua, well, there's another pasuk. Pasuk Yud Aleph in isha na If in the house of her husband she vowed, the Gemara asks, "Vayemot Rabaya Benesua." Let us suggest that actually both Psukim are talking about a nesua. Pasuk Zion and pasuk Yun Aleph. You might ask, what do I need to have two uh, psukim referring to the same thing? Referring to a woman who consummated her marriage to tell me that her husband can uh, annul his uh, annuls her vows. Well, lemeimar uh habal mefer I need the extra pusuk to tell me that a husband cannot annul. The vows of his wife before she entered his domain. In other words, previous vows are not something that the husband can annul. Looking at Rashi, that you could see around six lines from the bottom. Both put, let us suggest that both psukim are talking about the nesua, the baal mafer, that the husband annuls. You might ask, what do I need to psukim regarding the woman who consummated her marriage? Well, I'll answer that. Lomar Loch One is necessary to tell me Sha'in A Bal that a husband cannot annul vows that were prior to her becoming married to him. That Pasuk, uh, which we which Pasuk Zion tells me that a husband is uh, is granted the power to annul the vows of his nesua his nesua wife, the isha which was pasuk yud aleph mashma the ois in the dorm shnalsu beis isha only those vows that she vowed while in his domain uh, he can he can annul avolim how you allow on the consul, kledim shnalsa shoy but if she had vows that she had taken before nisuin that she had taken while she was an arusa and he then subsequently uh, consummated the marriage those he cannot undo so it could very well be then at, at this point both Sukim are talking about an Esau and I don't learn anything about a Nara ha-amurasa, that the uh, husband works in conjunction in partnership with the father so we're still left with seeking a source for the Mishnah that husband and uh, Orus jointly annul her vows the Gemara answers, This is a, a, a phrase that's very terse, but if we look in Rashi at the top, we'll hopefully gain an understanding. Rashi at the top, we have turned, of course, to Omid Beis. Uh, Rashi says, Rashi says, we have to conclude that the Vim Hoyosia Pasuk is referring to the Naam Rasa, the Ikidiko Amris, Tribe Nisua, if you're going to try to press your point that both are talking about a Nisua. Lamali, what do I need two psukim for that purpose? Lo lichtho vela, Vim base isha, nadara dara, lichhuda, Let the Torah have written just Pasuk, Yud Aleph. Umamelo shamas mina, di eno mefer, for kodmin. And from that, I would. Learn that a an, uh, that a consummated marriage husband uh, does not undo previous vows. from this way we could, we could easily infer in base in that which she vowed in her husband's house he's made for not that which she vowed beforehand. Vim Lomali. what do I need to tell us again that a husband can annul vows by saying that post Zion deals with a husband in a Nisuin situation I don't need that, once I tell you that the husband uh, cannot mayfir previous vows but he is able to mayfir the vows taken in his domain so I know that a a husband that's a that uh, has reached Nisuan is capable of annulling vows. What is going to be revealed by v'imho yosia in that regard? Therefore, shadgel arusa send it to refer to the arusa, the early stage of marriage. Shabavav mefir So that's answer number one. Once again, just to repeat, there's no need to have two to tell me about a Nisua because. I could have figured out all the information necessary by stating just posuk yud aleph. Wherein in that posuk I learned the concept of Ein Abal made for And at the same time I see that a baal is made for the Nidorim. So what is the role of having posuk zion of uh, vim hoyotieh? So we say it refers to the case of the orus. Viboyaseim, well, the Gemara goes on. Havyo, I, 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 I repeat, Havaya Kiddushin Mashmah. Havaya is a reference to the expression that you see in the beginning of Pesach Zion. Vim Hoyo tihyeh. That um, is what the Gemara means when it says Havaya. Vim Hoyo uh, of uh, Pesach Zayin. So being that Havaya, Vim Hoyo implies Kiddushin, Kiddushin is Eiru it's erusin and not Nisuin. So the, the suggestion that both Psukim, including Posuk Zion, is a reference to Nisuin, is rejected. There is a new marking, a diamond with a double underline. On the side you can see the Mivneh. Hatsos chilufios. We have now, we'll say, alternative uh, suggestions to the Halacha. What, so the Halacha is that a father works in conjunction with the orus. To annul her vows, uh, the Gemara asks, and, and bear in mind that these questions are questions that will necessitate a scriptural response, because we we know, as far as the Mishnah is concerned, that the Mishnah rejects these these suggestions. Like if you scan ahead, the first suggestion is maybe a husband, a father is Mayfer alone. We already saw that that is not the case from the Mishnah so what's the point of the Gemara in asking this question the point of the Gemara is to we need a scriptural source to uh, explain the rules of the Mishnah so the Gemara asks maybe a, a, a father on his own can annul the vows of his daughter who is an Arusa the Gemara responds, Im Kain, the Asra Isar base of uh, What we're doing here is there's an a abbreviated quote, of psukim dalid through vav. Those psukim describe, we'll read again, the Asra Isar base of Yani Yoniosa. That's the conclusion of that set of psukim, which describes a girl who is completely in her father's domain, that the father has the ability to annul his daughter's vows. What do I have to describe that for, if the suggestion in the diamond that a father alone can make for the vows of his daughter and Arusa, where there's already a husband on the scene, the father still Works on his own. So, what do I have to tell you about a girl who's completely in her father's domain without an oros on the scene? What would I, Lomali, what would I need, Psukim if, Dala Truvav, if the suggestion of Avlechudeh is true? According to the suggestion, a father works on his own. Even when an orus is present, when he's in the picture, mefer av luchude. Let's read that line again: Hashto b'mokum orus mefer av shelo b'mokum orus When there's no orus in the picture, as was described in the psukim dalid through vav, do I need to be told that? So, what are we therefore going to conclude that psukim dalid through vav? Tell us the circumstances of when a father works on his own, namely where there is no Oros in the picture. But when there is an Oros in the picture, then the father does not operate on his own, but only in conjunction, in partnership with the Oros in order to annul her vows. Amo, new suggestion. Avliboios, granted, a father needs an Oros. The Oros. Let us. This is our suggestion. That's why you see a double underline. Let us suggest that the orus, though, can annul on his own. Uh, and when we say that, that means the if the orus annuls, uh, that would be sufficient without partnering with the father. We have a bracketed uh, section, just two lines. Following which we have the answer. So, the purpose of the brackets is simply to get immediately to the answer. So, let's do that initially. In Cain, if it were so that the Orus can annul on his own, this posuk, which we referred to earlier, this you can see in posuk yud aleph. What do I need that Pusuk for? Uh, that pasuk described a husband annulling the vows of his wife, the Nisua, where she's completely outside her father's domain. If the last suggestion is true, that an orus can Mephir on his own, I don't need to tell you about the husband of a Nisua as the Gemara explains. Let's read the answer again. I could figure that out, that a husband can make for his wife, who is a nesua on his own, through Kalvachomer logic. Mind you, when a father is still in the picture. We haven't explained in detail, <coughs> uh, uh, with regard to what, but suffice it to say that when the girl is, uh, has entered only the first stage of marriage, the erusin stage, she hasn't completely left her father's domain. So that according to the most recent suggestion that an Oros could make her on his own, mind you, the, the Oros where a father is still in the picture... The oros can mafer on his own. mibaya that which is described in pasuk yud aleph, namely the nisua, that a husband can mafer on his own. That's obvious. Just to repeat, if a, if the husband, when a father is in the picture, nevertheless husband can mafer on his own. When the father is not in the picture, certainly he can mafer on his own. So what would I need pasuk yud aleph for? So the fact that we do have a of Yud Aleph and that which it says, I understand that the suggestion of Oros L'Chudei Mefer is out of the picture. Now we have a bracketed section that we skipped. Let's go back to the diamond, reading the Gemara again with the bracketed section. Emo av leboy orus. Let us suggest that a father needs the Oros. The Oros L'Chudei Mefer, but the Oros on his own could be Mefer. Vichitema av dekasa v'rahmona lomali. In order to appreciate this, we look at the Rosh commentary. The Rosh commentary that we're looking at is the fifth of the wide lines of the Rosh. Vichitema av dekosav v'rahmona lomali. Zoroch Arev haforas av. Bahadi Why does the Torah have to uh, mix in the annulling of a father together with an orus? What value is there in the father's annulment? This is what you might ask. He on his own, who Eno orus moil And according to our suggestion, the Hafora, the annulment of the oros, works without the Hafora of the av. So that, uh, as we said before, when you read Posuk Zion, which had uh, said, V'im ho'yos that had connected the oros together with the father. What do you need to mix the father in if this suggestion is to be taken seriously. So, as far as that question is concerned, we answer, mi di hokim hokim. What is necessary about mentioning the father in this context is that if the father substantiates her vow, then it will remain as a vow. The Rashi uh, you can see the Rashi will read together five lines under the Gemara text. dim hakim dim that the father according all of this is of course according to the havamin, according to the suggestion and that is that granted the father cannot be mefer on his own uh, and only the Oros' is Mefer on his own the role of the father though under these circumstances as if if the father will concur with her vows then the Oros cannot annul in the absence of the father seconding her motion, her vow Mefer uh, Baal yes, the husband could Mefer on his own according to the suggestion However, as the Gemara went on to say, uh, we will read the words again, even Cain, if it were so, like the suggestion was that the Oros could be made for on his own, the Embesi Shinodoro Lamai Kosav, what do I need that Posuk Yudalev for? Kavahomer, I could have figured what is described in Posuk namely the case of the Nesua, that the husband is made for, from Kavahomer logic, Umabi Oros for the mind you, where a father is in the picture and yet the Oros can for on his own, according to the suggestion. Shaloba Mibaya, if you're dealing with a Nesua, where the, where the father is not in the picture anymore, all the more so the husband can for on his own. Ah, so, but the, we do have Pasuk Yud Aleph describing the case of the Nesua. Therefore, Pasuk Zion, when reference is made to the Oros, he does not operate on his own. The Gemara asks, V'eimah, and here Rashi inserts something that's critical in order to keep with the flow of the Gemara. There's a Rashi where you can see there's a star, V'eimah, the Oylem Doros, Mefer L'Chudei. And we haven't marked this with a diamond because what this uh, suggestion is, it's really a continuation of the immediate previous diamond where let us suggest that the Oros does Mefer on his own. Ah, the Qamas Rashi goes on because he became the Abesi Shonadora Lomali. If you're going to tell me that Doris can Mayfar on his own, so am I not making Pusuk Yud Aleph superfluous? What do I need Lomali Loimaloch Shaina? Lo, what do I need that for? Lomaloch Shaina Baal. for Bikodiman. I'll tell you what I need that for. To tell me that in a case of Nisuin, a husband does not Mayfar He uh, In a case of Nisuin, the husband does not annul vows that were. Taken by her prior to the Nesuin. So let's now read that in the Gemara. The Gemara here is very terse, but we read the Amor, three lines from the bottom: the Amal, the Im, base, Isha, Nodora. Uh, I will tell you that, in fact, an Oros can be mefer on his own, and as far as Posuk, Yud, Aleph is concerned, its role is Lomar, she'ein Habal, mefer Bekudman. So that Posa is not superfluous. The Oros can mafer on his own. And of course, a, in the case of Nisuin, the husband is mafer on his own. But what the Torah is telling me is that when she enters Nisuin, so the husband does not mafer previous vows. The Gemara answers, U minei. Oros mefer the uh rush helps very much in um, explaining this answer uh, we look at the rush together about five lines from the end of the rush commentary umishani umine mehad darshinon bal from that which you are telling me that posuk Yud Aleph would inform us that a husband does not mefer bekaidmen memelo the oros lechudei enu mefer. From that point alone, I understand that an oros does not mefer on his own. The e mefer lechudei, if an oros could mefer on his own, shiloch, you would then ask, baal Eno mefer bekaidmen. You read that with a tone of wonderment. It's, it's known, it's clear that an oros is The Posuk said explicitly in Posuk Zion that when she enters marriage with the vows that are upon her. So if she's entering marriage with vows that are upon her partner, obviously she's got vows before their arisen. Could that be that when she is an arusa, the Posik tells us that the orus has the power, even though there's a father in the picture, the Oros has the power to annul vows previous to their relationship. Does it stand to reason that when she enters nisuin and the father is out of the picture, that the husband becomes weaker, that he can't be Mefer Bekoitman? And yet we know that, that's a given. That's a fact that a husband can, and this cannot make for Bekuitman with the Nesua Therefore we have to conclude the following:, the strength that an oros has in his ability to annul vows from before their relationship. How does the oros have that power? it's only because the Oros functions as a partner with the father. The Oros cannot mefer on his own. So the, the Oros, because it's a, a, a type of balance here, a push and pull situation. Yes, it's true the Oros can mefer the koibin, but it's only because there's a father that is present. The Oros does not work on his own and as we said there's a balance here push and pull so when Nesuin sets in where we saw from the Psukim he cannot Bakman, the, the reason for that is so to speak is that even though there's a loss in strength on that side of things but there's a gain in strength in the case of the Nesuin that the husband is able to be Nesuin on his own You can imagine looking at the Gemara alone without any of the commentaries how difficult it would be to uh, decipher it. But we'll just read that again. Uh, The suggestion had been let us say the Oros could be Mefer on his own. Um, And as far as Posuk aleph is concerned that is to tell me that a husband of a Nesua cannot be Mefer B'Koyman. Well, that simply cannot be. Umineh Oros mayfer Bekoitmin. and as we saw in the Rosh, what we're saying here is the fact that the Oros can be mayfer uh is only because there is a father in the picture. Otherwise, you'd have a a, a a logical problem. That's why you read the Gemara with a tone of wonderment that if you're telling me that a husband of a nesua cannot be made for B'Kotman, could it be possible that an orus could work on his own and also be made for B'Kotman? Why, why would that be then? Why would it be that, that when she enters Nesuin, the husband loses strength? El alav, as the Gemara goes on to complete the idea, the fact that the orus Is mefer bekeidman that he has that advantage? It's only because he functions in conjunction with her father. So at this point in the Gemara, uh, by working uh, with with the pesukim, pesuk Zion and pesuk Yud Alef, we conclude that a an orus true he's able to mefer bekeidman. But his ability to mafer is only because he works in conjunction with the Father. And that's what we were looking for. That's how the Sugya began, with the first bowtie. And now we turn to the top of Samaches Amun Aleph, another bowtie, Debei Rebbe Yishmuel Tonah. First we look at the Ran commentary. Debei Rabbi Yishmuel Tona Beinish, Liishto, Beinov, Levito, Mikan, Linam, Rosas, Shavio, Baal, Mephine, from here, we see that both, only if they work in tandem, the father and the husband can the vows of the narmrosa be rescinded. The uh, Mashmale the Iri It's mashma from this Posuk that uh, we will see in the Gemara. We haven't read the Gemara yet. That savia umidisomach av behadi ish, mashma sh'ma da'av u ba'al m'firen Now, we go to the Gemara text. Te'bei Bishmael Tona, be'in ish li'ishto, be'in av l'bito. Mikan, l'na'am u'rosa, she'avio u'baylo, m'firen nedore'ah. So, just to repeat from the way the Ran looks at the Pasuk, you see here a reference to uh, av l'bito, and that is in juxtaposition with ish li and the Postik says explicitly be'sovia. We figure that when you're dealing with a nara, she is a nara hamurasa. Father and husband work in tandem. Work is a, as partners. The Rashi at the top Bain ish the reference to father and husband in this posik would, Lot would be otherwise unnecessary. if all the Pusik is trying to tell me is that a father can annul his daughter's vows, a husband can annul his wife's vows, all that information has already been stated. Elamikan rossa rather. From here, from this Pose, Posecute Zion, we learn that Naam uh, uh, her vows were annulled only with the partnering of her father and her Oros, her husband. And that is on the third line from the top, the namely, when you're dealing with a Naam the father annuls his portion, his holding in her his domain over her, and the husband, the Oros, annuls his portion, so to speak, in her. The Gemara continues, "Ulatano Rabbi according to this approach, the second bowtie approach, who uh, who sourced um, father and husband working in partnership, uh, based on Pesach Yud Zion, what does Tana baby Yishmuel do? What does this opinion, the yeshiva of Rabbi Yishmuel, do with Pasuk Zion? Ve'im What do they learn from Pasuk Zion? If you recall, the vav of the word V'im at the beginning of Pasuk Zion was connecting the woman who in Pasuk Zion is described as getting married with that which was stated earlier, namely the father. So what... Uh, what does Tana Devei Rabbi Yishmael do with this Pasuk, the Pasuk Zion, which was the source for the first bowtie approach? Answer, Moikim Le'idoch Darabah. They, Tana Rav uses Pasuk Zion for another Teaching of Rabbah. Here Rashi uh, uh, is terse. He simply says this will be discussed later on Daf Ayin. What the other teaching of uh, Rabbah is. So for our purposes, we uh, understand that Tanya Bishmoh has a use for po- an alternative use for Pesach Zion The Rabbah Haytana Hayde Tony Debeir Bishmoh who appeared in our first uh, bow tie. As giving us the, uh, the first source for Av and Baal being made for Nidorim. What does he do with Posuk Yud Zayan? Of, uh, Bain Ishli Ishto, this Posek. Uh, answer me, Boyole Lomar, he, Rabbah uses this posuk to tell me, Shabal, made for Nidorim, Shabayno What kind of Nidorim, what kind of vows does a husband have the right to annul? Those vows that affect their the husband wife relationship, Rashi says, things that are we'll say of a an intimate husband wife relation vows that would affect their relationship, whether it's a vow not to have intimacy, or a vow not to uh, not to wear um, uh, cosmetics things that could affect their personal relationship and that is what they um, what Rabba learns from Posuk Yudzayin where it says those vows that come between husband and wife, those are the kind of vows that a husband can annul With that, we conclude our Shidor for today.